0: Is it possible for a really strong, confident, powerful woman to be in a happy, romantic relationship with a strong, confident, powerful man? What is up, Sapiosexuals? Thank you for turning on Sex in South Beach with your girl. Dr. Sanjaya, America's Sex Educator. The sex situation we're getting down to is the new model for relationships. How can a strong, sensual, powerful woman be in a happy relationship with a man who is at her level? And to help us untangle this really common and complex situation, I am so excited to have Ken Blackman here. Ken is an internationally renowned sex and intimacy educator and a relationship coach. He also serves as a mentor to other relationship and intimacy coaches who are focused on helping really empowered women have successful relationships with competent men. Thank you so much for being here, Ken. We're so excited to have you. How are you?
1: I'm great. And I'm really excited to be here. And I think it's going to be a great conversation. So thank you for having me.
0: Awesome, because I want to shine and I want to shine bright and I want to speak up. And I really enjoy feeling my power. And I know that I can walk into a business setting and an, often a social setting and that can come across as intimidating. I've heard this can be scary to men.
1: I mean, it is a common message, but it's one that, that you and I and others are trying to dismantle. Like why, why should that be the case, you know?
0: Absolutely. So your whole focus is how women's empowerment intersects with intimate coupledom. This can get kind of tricky Right before the show started, we were talking about some of the nuances of what makes a man or a woman successful today. For example, men are really rewarded for embodying what would normally be traditionally feminine characteristics. We want a man who can talk to us, who can communicate, who can express himself, not someone who's like, overly aggressive you know guys don't have to chop the wood or go kill animals for us to eat and so men are really rewarded for being able to present a more sort of feminine side and the same goes for women every day i'm compensated and i get compensated more for the more i act like a man right i'm all tough at work i'm a leader at work and god forbid i cry you can never cry at work Um, but when i come home my man is like, can you be a little softer? And I'm like, F you. I just worked like a man all day long. And I had to work twice as hard for half the pay. <laughs> and so that's particularly, that's the challenge you're addressing, right?
1: Yeah. And just to give a little context, this is so interesting to me because I have had so many conversations about this ever since the Barbie movie came out. Like <laughs> it, this has been a hot topic. And this is what I, this is what I came to. So for the last... 70 years, right? right? Women have been making strides and like really striving to have like a more well-rounded opportunities for themselves, right? Like it was not easy for women in the 1950s to start working in the workplace, face all the all the the harsh criticism, all the the stereotypes of how they were supposed to be. So women have been doing this work for 70 years. Men are only now starting to do this work, right? So the one thing we know is like women want what has traditionally been reserved for men. And it's questionable what, how much men want what has been traditionally reserved for women. Because if that was the case, since the 1950s, as women moved into the workplace, men would be flocking into the roles that that, that women traditionally, traditionally um, filled. But they're not. Why? Because it was always... An imbalanced, you know, relationship. It was never. It was never like, you know, people talk about yin yang and how these two, these two things balance each other. No, it was never. That was that was always false. Like women want the full freedom for, of all the things that have been available to men, and the thing that men aren't realizing is that as that happens, what women want with men is changing. And so the thing I hear more, like most often that men don't seem to hear is I, I want to, I want a man who can meet me as an equal and, and connect with me. Like I want a, an emotionally mature man who, who who can meet me as an equal. And so if I can get that message out to men so that they can start to see that the relationship they could be having with a woman who is fully everything that she is, is actually a better relationship, a better relationship for him, Than the relationship that where she has to get small and get like be be in her feminine like i don't think i think the relationship that's possible with a powerful confident uh fully like fully expressed woman is actually a better relationship for both of them than the ones that we're trying to like get people out of
0: i agree i think like i don't want to shrink to make someone else more comfortable (laughs) And it's interesting that you bring this up because before I met the man who I eventually married, he was actually engaged to a woman who was very comfortable shrinking. He talked about like, she often cried if someone offended her and didn't feel comfortable then speaking out about her opinions. And so when he, him and I got together, everyone was shocked because we were so incredibly different. Mm -hmm. And that has been also as much as I think it was thrilling in the beginning of our relationship, it also presented these challenges because I'm going to hold him accountable because I expect a certain type of behavior and a certain type of consideration and a certain Mm -hmm. type of respect. And, um, for example, he had a really rude friend and I called this friend out. I said, you know, you are incredibly rude. And it was such an interesting dynamic because, His ex-girlfriend, my husband's ex-girlfriend, that guy used to make her cry on a regular basis. And I just called him out on day one. Hey, excuse me, you are just incredibly rude. I don't know where you're getting off on this, but don't speak to me like that, please. In my situation, in my personal situation, the partner who ended up choosing me went from someone who was shrinking into someone who wanted to shine and found it to be more rewarding just as you were saying, and appreciates the partnership. Um, Specifically, one of the things he has said is he has had to become his best person in order to be Mm. with me. whereas before he could kind of just do whatever. And some of the advice I often give couples is that men do want to be their best. They absolutely do want to be their best person. They just sort of Mm. need the motivation to get there. And oftentimes they find that in a woman who captivates them, who wouldn't be with them if they're not their best.
1: Yeah, and who who you know holds them to a high standard. You know who who insists on being respected. You know who is, is, insists on being who who she is in her fullness. Who wants him to do the same. These are all. These are all like this is this is a great relationship as far as I'm concerned. Like this this sounds this sounds great to me. And the more I can get men to rise to the occasion of, of seeing that, that potential and seeing that it's actually better than like, we've kind of, we as men, I hate to say it, but we've kind of been lied to about even what our own value is. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of men out there who are walking around believing that their value is in their, in being a provider and being a protector. And if they do that, then the woman is going to be the emotional provider, right? She's going to be the source of happiness and good feelings and in, in, for everyone in the family. And that's the, 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 the false bill of goods that we've been sold. And what's really true is, you know, to the best relationship is between two very mature, well-rounded human beings who have, who have a variety of skills, you know, like if you take, if you think of masculine and feminine as two buckets into which um all like healthy human qualities healthy human traits healthy human behaviors can be put into these two buckets but you know the the best relationships are going to be with people who can pull from from all of those healthy traits right like i don't consider assertiveness to be masculine or feminine i think i think assertiveness can be very feminine i don't think nurturing or love or caring is 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 a feminine trait i think you can be you can be masculine and be very caring and loving and, and i just think these are healthy human traits Do you know what i mean and and i think the more we have access to them the, the better the relationship is going to be
0: absolutely so let's disrupt some of these old myths so yeah. one of the you know one of the atoms that we've all heard is like men want sex women want love i always <laughs> you know I, I say when a woman, I have often said when a woman decides to have sex with you, she's kind of saying, look, I could love you. I, I think there has to be at least the idea of love in the air for people to experience their ultimate sexual potential. So tell us what's the truth about men want sex, women want love.
1: Okay, great. This is such a great question. So the first thing I want to say is like, if you have something that's working for you, like go for it. Do you know what I mean? Like if you've got, if you've got something that, that is working for you and you're happy, you're both happy in it, great, go for it. Um, but if it's not working for you, like if your relationship isn't working, and if you're trying to like apply the old model and you're starting to realize, oh, I don't fit the old model or, or my partner doesn't fit the old model, it's not you that's, that's having the problem. It's not your partner that's having the problem. It's the model that's having the problem. And you can actually build a model that actually fits the two of you. And I think that's what you and I are, are actually talking about here. So with regard to this question about men want sex and women want love for me too, the best sex that I've ever had has always been with someone with whom I was very connected and the connection for me comes first. So I'll just, I'll just admit that, that upfront. And I, I think that that actually is true in general, like connection based sex is so much better oh,
0: than, so much. you
1: know, than sex that's like, um, based in porn or sex that's like, oh, well, you know, visually you, you, you're my type. So, you know, like that will last all of like three rounds and then there has to be something deeper. So if you want a relationship, if you want a sex life with someone ongoingly, that's going to get better over time. And, and I believe that the sex in an, in a long-term relationship can actually be better than, than, constantly switching variety sex because just because you can get to know you can get to know what each other likes you can approach it like we're going to become great chefs in the bedrooms you know like we're gonna we're actually going to meet each other
0: i'm really big about sexual evolution that's really important to me Mm. to communicate with people that you can evolve and grow with someone sexually just like you said you can't we can make a great recipe if we work on this and we can have a whole recipe book but if you mm-hmm. only know someone one time and you haven't really figured out the first time is never going to be the best time it's yeah. after you kind of know a little bit about someone and when someone feels comfortable enough to trust you with sharing your yeah. desires and with exploring maybe yeah. new levels of intimacy I wanted to just reinforce that, that I absolutely agree with you, sexual relationships within a committed monogamous relationship can really evolve into the best sex of your life and can continue to do so.
1: Yeah, there's this great quote by Joni Mitchell that I've been just fascinated with and just obsessed with, which is, if you want the same experience again and again and again and again and again, again, keep being with new people. You want infinite variety, stay with one person because when you're with one person, you know, you got your moves, you got your, your techniques, you got, you know, you got all the, all the newness and freshness. And then when, when you've like, when they know all your, all your shtick, they know all your moves, they know all your lines, they know, you know, then that's when the good stuff starts. Cause then you start to, to actually co-create something new and actually get deeper with each other and actually start to get into into new territory that you've that neither of you has ever been in that can be better than than anything you've had. So
0: absolutely. And what do you think yeah. is the key to that? Because so often long-term couples, right, they get bored in the bedroom. They're like, yeah. oh, and I'm like, well, if sometimes I'll give them homework assignments for just three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like they're they're like. They're a new couple. It's like they just met for the first time, except for they mm-hmm. they're even better because they have all of the background history that they're allowed to make productive use of. Now they yeah. can apply all of the things that they know, and they're adding a little bit of, you know, newness to their repertoire on their own schedule, on their time frame. I basically give them homework assignments to do together, and mm-hmm. they're amazed at how well they learn to explore together. So it's not really the things I'm telling them to do, it's that I've given them a process by which they have to be together as they explore new terrain.
1: So uh, here's, here's the assignment that I give them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cook dinner together and have a meal together a couple times a week. And the reason I give that, them that assignment is because if you think about it, like if you, if you cook dinner together, you know, cook dinner and share a meal together a couple times a week, what's going to happen? First of all, you have to figure out, well, there's my tastes and there's my dietary restrictions and your tastes and your dietary restrictions. So that's analogous to my genitals, like something different than your genitals, but we have to figure out like how to make a meal that both of us are going to get up every, you know, satisfied with. So that's the first thing, right? Like, it's not that hard to figure out how to, how to create a meal where both of you are, are eating something delicious and you're getting up satisfied and you didn't have to eat anything that you didn't want. That's, that's doable, right? Then they discover that. Then what happens? Well, they start to have a menu of, of recipes that they like and, you know, stuff like that. Then what happens? They're starting to get their collaborative flow in the kitchen, right? Like I'm really good at steak. She's really good at cooking the asparagus. It's fantastic. Then what happens? You start to experiment with new cuisines. You start to like up your, your utensils. You know, I need a really good cutting knife. I just learned a new chopping technique. And so over time, over months and years, is this very simple ritual. But pretty soon, like your meals are better than the best restaurant meat, right? Like you would have to go to a super great restaurant to, to match the meals you've created. There wasn't a lot of fighting. There wasn't a lot of, you know, like you just, you just experimented and did it together and talked about it before, during and after. What did you like? What worked? You know, like, Hey, next time I want to try this. Like all of the skills of, of collaboration and intimacy all get developed and you can apply the same approach to your sex life.
0: I love that analogy. That's a really great idea. I'm going to adopt that. (laughs) I won't give you full credit, but I love that because you're right. Over time, for example, this morning, I made the best avocado toast. It was like chopped peppers on top and onions and tomatoes. It was like, because I deserve the best stuff ever, you know? Yeah. But I was thinking that would have been nice to, I guess, make for some. (laughs) Someone else could have chopped those peppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, we're both enjoying, no, you know, should we slice the avocados or mash them or whatever? And then over time, we figure out, you know, someone tastes our avocado toast. It's like, man, that's better than the most gourmet restaurant I've ever been to. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you
1: can... like if you're together, you have, if you're, if you're a committed couple, like you're in a relationship and this is, this is your person, right? Like this is the person you've chosen to, to be your life partner with your, your co-conspirator in life. You have all the time in the world. You can train each other to get, like you can train your partner to get you off better than you can get yourself off. You could, your, your partner can train you to get them off better than they can get themselves off. And pretty soon like that, that experience in the bedroom is like, why would I want to go find someone new? Like, this is like, we, there there's nothing out there that competes with what we got at home. Do you know what I mean? But it, but you just have to, like, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be, you just have to put the time in and, and, and explore and talk and collaborate and learn each other's bodies. My God, like learn what feels good and what's, what's enjoyable. And it can, it can be, as rich and varied as like uh, as as we approach food do you know what i mean it can be that that good
0: and it can be fun i, I remind mm-hmm. people it sh- sex is like ice cream right it should be fun mm-hmm. and funny and tasty and make you feel good and like yes. a treat not necessarily such a chore and we're speaking exactly the same language you and I. I have a saying often. People want to, you know, you don't show up to work, you don't show up to meetings, you don't get paid. You lose your job. But we don't want to show up to our relationships and we we wonder why did they break down? And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be hard, but you do have to show up in the case of your cooking example, at least 3 times a week we're going to cook together and have a meal mm-hmm. together. You do have mm-hmm. to show up, you know, if you don't make time for romance or for a sexual relationship for fulfilling intimacy, then you're not going to have it you know, Um, but you, if you can make time for it, then it can be fun. Um, And as you said, learning each other's bodies, I give these little diagrams to couples. It's a blank body and I give Mm -hmm. them three markers, red, yellow, green, and the partner swap, like they're supposed to mark all of the green spots as where their partner loves to be touched. The yellow Mm -hmm. spots are okay. And the red spots are things that their partners don't like. So I, I have them, I have each partner fill it out on their partner, and then they swap. And the goal is for one partner they go over it with them and correct their partner. No, this is where I like to be touched. This is where I like, mm-hmm. you know, because you want someone. This is you're the person you've chosen to go through with life. How long do you want to go without really knowing their body, without knowing that spot on the back of their knee or right where their butt meets their thigh, you know, or wherever their their different spots are, right below their belly button.
1: And how you want that spot touched, you know, like if if a man is all up there like touching her clitoris the way he wants his his penis touched. That is going to, that may not be a good match. You know what I mean? But he's got to learn, like, you have to learn what, what kind of touch feels, feels good. And you have to learn how, how, how to be, if you're, you know, how to be pleasuring both bodies at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's not complicated. It can be fun, but there's a lot of like richness there in the exploration. You can spend the rest of your life, you know, getting, getting better at this and having fun doing it.
0: Absolutely. So now one of the challenges and I've dealt with it in my own relationships is there are times when powerful women and powerful men just they argue there can be, you Mm -hmm. know, phases of intense arguing because they just can't come to the same page on different things, whether someone's like, what, you want me to show up to cook three times a week? Or in my in my case, I it used to be a problem. I'd say I want you to make a plan on Friday nights, because that's really important to me. I've worked really mm-hmm. hard all week, and I want to have an enjoyable evening on Friday. And mm-hmm. I can remember when I first started dating, my husband he was like, so you want me to like, put it in my calendar like on Wednesday? Like I got to take time out to figure out what I want to do Friday night? And I was like, look, you, I, I don't know how you're going to plan a Friday night if that's what it takes, but I definitely yeah. think I'm worth a calendar entry. Um, well but said. You know, and also if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But yeah. I'm gonna make plans for myself and they may not be with you. <laughs> you know. Yep. So, yep. Yep. Um, um, so what yeah, well what, you know, what is your advice for couples yeah. who might be stuck in an argumentative phase or are all or yeah. find themselves con- like unable to find uh peace?
1: Yeah. So I want to give you like a bigger context to understand what's going on here. So in any relationship. You need some similarity just because if you don't have any like common ground at all, you're going to argue about everything, right? And you also need some complementarity. If you are the same in every way, then what's going to happen is there are going to be situations where the two of you are vying for the same role and the other one isn't going to be able to meet you there. So it could be like, I, I to take an opposite example, I, I've, known, I've known a, a couple where she was, she's, she wants to be the broken one. And so the, every time he shows up, want you know, like feeling, you know, feeling down or fragile or wanting some support, she's like, she's like, not only do I not want to show up for you that way, but you're, you're taking, like when we really got to the, the heart of it is if you're being the broken one, then I can't be the broken one. So you see, like, there's no room for, for, for either one of them, like, there's no room for it to be anything other than you are if you're like wedded to this role now to take your example there's an added complication which is that, that with you as a powerful fully expressed passionate human being at, at it, with in a woman's body there's this additional cultural piece where he where a man not your not your husband i don't know if he does this or not but where a man will say I'm supposed to be that, and you're not supposed to be that because gender roles, right? right. So now we've got this additional, this additional thing playing in of what, of what you're supposed to be doing, what he's supposed to be doing. So that's where things are going to get off, where he, he, feels, he feels entitled to being that, and that means you can't be that because if you're that, then you can't meet him. So again, like you have to be well-rounded. Like in the in the case where someone where uh, I'll go back to the other case where sometimes the guy just is feeling down and he and he's not feeling strong and he would like some emotional support or he just like needs to be, you know, whatever, like you you need to be able to switch roles. Like the best. That's why I say the best relationship is going to be with two well-rounded people who know how to switch hats and know how to switch, switch switch roles and show up for the other partner with what they need without regard to who's supposed to be doing what, like it's the, it's the supposed to the, the entitlement that needs to be dismantled. And so I'm glad that your partner was was able to field that request from you and say, are you really asking me to do this? And you were like, yes, that's what I'm asking you to do. And he's like, like, okay, you know, like that's, that's what's that's, We are, we are all being, we are all going to be asked to get out of our comfort zone with, with like the ideal partner. If we get with the best partner, it's not going to be someone who meets all our needs and doesn't challenge us at all. It's going to be someone who we're slightly uncomfortable and who is actually, we have to get into our discomfort zone and grow into who we are actually capable of being. That's, you know, that's good, good for him and good for you that you have that kind of relationship.
0: I'm gonna take that piece of the recording and just repeat that and put it in my kitchen on a recorder. (laughs) Right on, right on. See, (laughs) um, one of his go to's whenever we argue, he said, Well, clearly, I must be the smartest man in the world because look who I married.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes,
0: right on. Um, so now what if a couple has a deal breaker difference? Like, mm-hmm. is there any hope? I'm trying to think of one. Like, I actually had a couple come to an event that I host date night special because she wanted kids and he didn't. And mm-hmm. I mean, that was a real deal breaker. So poor woman is probably mm-hmm. never going to fall in love because his way of breaking up with her was to give her a month of the most fabulous dates of, that of her ever life, of her whole life. So he's probably mm-hmm. ruined her for every other man <laughs> because she's oh, wow, she yeah. have all of these wonderful memories of the man who just didn't want kids, but otherwise was perfect. But what if there is, you know, a deal breaker difference? He doesn't, one doesn't want to work. One wants both, you know, one thinks both of them should work. And the other one says, mm-hmm. no, someone's got to stay home with the kids or something.
1: Yeah. So there's, there's two kinds of, of deal breakers. One, one that's like that, where your vision for your life. Like I have a, I have a, I have a vision for my life, right? Like I want, I want kids. I want a partner who, who is this and this and this and this and this, right? Like there's, there, there's that kind of thing. And you, you know, then you're confronted with, well, that those are the things I said I wanted, but now I'm with this partner who I'm experiencing all these other things that are, that are actually super valuable to me, you know, like, I have coached couples where they got to the place where they were like, this, what we've created between us is actually more valuable than the things that were on my, on my desire list. And I've also coached couples where they were like, this is amazing. This is fantastic. But, but it's, I, I am going to turn back to what my, what my vision is, because there are things on my vision that I, I will be unhappy in life if I don't have those things and you are simply not on board with it. So it can go, it can go either way, but I will tell you like the couples who are each other's like ideal checklist and they come to me and they're not happy and they don't know why those are the, for me, those are the hardest couples to coach. Right. Because if you're, if you're in a relationship where on paper, all those check marks are, are, are marked but, but, and you're trying to figure out why you're not happy. It's because you guys don't ha- actually have connection all you're You're just relating with each other from, from the, from the archetypes or the caricatures of what you thought you wanted. Like this person fits into my puzzle piece and you actually haven't connected as humans. And so what I have to do is the hard work of uh, like coaching them as, it, as individuals, as if they were like not in a relationship individually coach them to what would, what would you need in order to actually be able to open to connection with another human being? Right. And right. actually coach them at that level. Whereas couples who have all kinds of problems, like the, like the, you're not the person that I would have thought that I would have chosen. Like I I'll tell you, your, your audience can't see this, but I'm five foot zero. I'm okay. five feet tall. Okay. So I spent the first half of my life feeling hopeless about about finding love, and right. I spent the second half of my life joyously breaking women's expectations about what they thought they wanted. Right? So, <laughs> so, so, you know, the couples, the couples that that were like, this isn't what I thought I wanted, but there's something here that's so compelling to me, like human to human, like luminous being right. to human, luminous being. We've got some kind of connection that's deep. I don't know why I picked this person. I just know that I love this person and I want it to work out. Those couples I can work with because the tough things that they're facing, like even the major, major, seemingly deal breaker problems, we can get through them because they have skin in the game and they've realized the real, the true reason why we're together, which is that, that connection. That's actually the basis of why we, we couple up in the first place is to experience that, that connection. I'll say one more thing. I know I'm talking long here, but all of our lists of the things we think we want is just our best guess as to the conditions we think we would need in order to have this nutrient of human connection then we get with someone and we're choosing the list over the connection it's like doesn't make sense Do you know what i mean so so right i love coaching the, the the problem couples Who are together and they they're not sure why, they just have that thing. That then we have something to work with.
0: I'm laughing, thinking about my own relationship. (laughs) Like (laughs) therapists love us. They're like, oh my God, you guys are like a fireball.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah.
0: But the one thing I do know is, and I've expressed I've worked with a lot of couples on. This online dating and the way that people meet each other now has failed in so many different ways because what it turns out is we actually are meeting our checklist, which is mm-hmm. great. They check all of the boxes. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I like to say I'm 102 years old. So when I was dating in my prime, there wasn't the online dating. And when it came about, I was like, but what about the connection? What about that electricity? How can you yeah. gauge that? And I think that one of the reasons why so many people um, are single much longer than they thought they would be single is because they stay in these checklist situations, Mm -hmm. which don't account for chemistry. Chemistry is just something you have to feel in real life. How does someone smell? They walk, they talk when you look mm-hmm. into their eyes. And that is something that is really difficult to gauge online. And, yeah. um, you know, many people meet their checklist, but they don't feel, as you said, that connection, that intimacy, that passion, that draw, that magnetism to the other person. And then they stay in a situation because it's true. It does meet all of their check boxes. And, um, but I do think that's a really big challenge nowadays as so many people turn to online um, connecting and Mm -hmm. stop, like, you know, a lot of people don't go out anymore and I'm not saying necessarily out to a bar, but maybe it's a, you know, it's a 3K fun run or, you know, it's volunteering at the pet shelter, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's going to watch music in the park. You know, there's so many different ways to meet people other than at a bar that's more interest-based, where you might yeah. have more things in common. And I'm also opposites might attract, but similarities are what keep you together. Mm-hmm. And you know, it is the yin and yang. You have to have enough similarities, but also enough difference to keep it a little spicy and to retain the individual and the individuality that initially attracted you to each other. You know yeah. what? you know, mold into each other. I say, you don't want to become a milkshake. You know, mm-hmm. you want to maintain your own individual flavor, but also maybe you both go paddle boarding or tennis or whatever it is that you enjoy.
1: There is so much wisdom in, in, in everything you just said. There's so much to unpack there, but I, I agree with everything you've said. Like it, it is really hard to get to the thing that actually makes relationships work well from the online, the online dating thing. It's just really hard. And there's another problem, which is you can actually get like the dating skills are different from relationship skills. And so you can fall into this really kind of tragic situation where you've actually become very good at online dating. Like, you know, how to, your profile is dialed in. You know all the th- all the things to say on a first date. You know how to behave. You've learned a bunch of dating skills, and you're still not in a relationship because you don't have relationship skills. So that is a trap.
0: Perk. I Are know you- a woman, attractive, successful, everything. She goes on at least five dates a week. At mm-hmm. le- I mean, I she dates. It's like a job, but yeah. cannot get into a relationship. And I've said there is a re- there is these relationships skills that are very different than dating is interviewing. Right. And then being in a relationship is completely different. Absolutely.
1: I mean, I just think, I just think that the, all the dating, all the dating apps have accustomed us to evaluating people on the most superficial criteria. And really, the only advice—now, mind you—I'm not a dating coach. I would not sell myself as a dating coach. Like I would fail in that environment too. But I'll. But here's the advice that I would give people, which is: look at your profile. Notice that you have a list of your best qualities. You have a list of your hard nose. You have a list of the of the qualities that the other person has. The the hard the hard nose for the other person. Maybe you even have your, a list of your, of your weaknesses, just be, to be honest. So I would say throw all that out. And th- I think this is going to tie in with what you said, which is put up there a list of the experiences that you want to have and find someone who also wants to have those experiences. And the example I love to give for that is, do you remember in the 1980s or 70s or something, there was this song, the Pina Colada song? I love that song. Yeah. All he did was he put an ad and he said, these are the experiences I like to have. I'm looking for someone who also likes to have those experiences and who shows up the woman that he was about to break up with. And all of a sudden their relationship is thriving, connect with people out in the world, like see, see what that feels like. Do you know what I mean?
0: I like, I really think that's a great idea. That's really good advice. Like I have a client who wants to travel around, have fantastic sex. And have mm-hmm. a real connected relationship, but also go back to work and not kind of be bothered too much. And I'm like, there's got to be tons of people who also want to do that, too. That's going
1: to be amazing for someone out there, you know, Like there is there is no shortage of people out there that will be the perfect match for that person, you know.
0: Absolutely. I 100% agree. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because it's so common, we just did like three episodes in a row on non-monogamy. And you and I just had a conversation about how wonderful sex can be in a monogamous, long-term committed relationship. So Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in your thoughts on open relationships. So what is the advice for couples thinking about it or who are already practicing it?
1: Yeah. Okay, so first of all, the thing to understand is in every relationship, wherever it is on the spectrum, you have a line in the sand. People in open relationships have the line in the sand too, but monogamous people have this line in the sand where it's like, on this side of the line is all the stuff, I don't care if you do it with anybody, like, you know, commute to work, people don't really go to, like, people are staying home, but, you know, like... Go go watch football with your friends, or you know, go have do vision boards with your friends. Whatever, that's on that side. On the other side is all the things I only want you to do with me. And so, for example, have sex. Like, no, I I you are only to do that with me. Everybody has that line in the sand, right? Right. But if you start comparing, like it's a it's 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 a line in sand. So it's like it's it's jagged. If you look really closely at it, it's not very well defined everyone's is unique. So you start comparing your line, even if you've, are faithfully, completely, fully monogamous, you start comparing those lines and you're start, going to start to see there are things you disagree about, like things that one person would consider infidelity and the other person doesn't. So you just have to realize those issues are there, whether no matter, you know, how, where you are on the spectrum. So in that context, whether someone is having sex, whether your partner can have sex with someone else is just it's just a question of on which side do we agree that on which side of the line like I for for me personally like my my partner and I are monogamous because there's nothing out there that even remotely compares to what we have at home but I'll tell you I'm not going to tell her what not to do with someone else I what I care about is how our relationship is are we happy are we fulfilled are we getting along do we have each other's backs Are we respectful to each other? Are we, is our sex life great? Like all the things, if like my, my measurement is if you're, if you're doing something outside the relationship that is compromising what we have at home, that, that I care about. If she wants to go have a good time with someone else like that, fantastic. Bring, go have a great time. Then bring that, that all that good mojo home to me. You know, like the, the open relationships that I've been in, like the partner comes back in better shape. Do you know what I mean? There's these basics, like what is actually going to support the relationship? And I don't think that, that, that monogamy is necessary. I think I've talked about commitment. I don't know about exclusivity, sexual exclusivity. I think, you know, like go have fun. Do you know what I mean? But in the relationship I'm in currently, neither of us has any desire to do that. So for what it's worth.
0: What I hear you saying is that it really is up to the, each individual couple to develop a model that really Mm -hmm. meets all of their needs and their needs are going to be different from each other's and probably different from another couple, the couple next door. And we should stop relying on this old traditional diagram like this is the way it is you know the man does this the woman does this the man acts like this the woman acts like this and they're together like they're for so long society has endorsed this there's one stale model of what a committed relationship looks like and what i Mm -hmm. hear you saying is actually couples should feel empowered to develop a model that works for them they're building their own house and it doesn't need to look like their neighbor's house or their parents' house they can actually you know develop new they can build their house with new materials you mm-hmm. know new colors and things that work for them specifically. And I think your goal as a coach and an educator is to help empower couples to do that, to feel confident as they move forward in their journey of building their, the unique shelter of love for their relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't have said it better.
0: And you guys know what time it is. It is time for your climax, where I give you a little something, something to remember about today's show. So one, get out of your comfort zone. Be with a partner who challenges you to get a little uncomfortable, encourages you or inspires you to develop into your best self. Two, our checklist for finding partners. They don't really work in real life. We really need to leave room for chemistry. And when we're dating based on checklists, it really puts many people in a situation where we're someone who definitely checks all our boxes, but we don't have that oomph, that pow, that chemistry that draws us together. Checklists may have a place. There are certain must-haves and deal breakers maybe, but basing entire relationships on fulfilling a checklist has not really worked. And three, there is no supposed to in relationships. A man is not supposed to be this way. A woman is not supposed to be that way. The best couples really do know how to switch roles and embody characteristics that have been traditionally gender-based characteristics. Partners should definitely share similarities but should also really be complementary. I like to think about it like cake and ice cream. They go together well, but they definitely are distinct flavors. And lastly, if you want variety, essentially, sexually, stay with the same partner. <laughs> if you want to experience the same thing in the bedroom over and over again, keep having new partners. In a committed relationship with the same partner, you can explore new terrain together and you can actually raise your intimate, sensual vibration to a level that can't be found outside of your relationship. It can be incredibly satisfying and fulfilling. Thank you so much mm. for being here, Ken. Um, where can everybody find out more information about you?
1: Yeah, so my website is kenblackman.com. Super easy. If you if you search for Ken Blackman on pretty much any of the socials you'll all come up and also like a really good place to to read more or get more of the kinds of things I like to talk about visit my blog on medium.com
0: and ladies, for when you're really trying to evolve your relationship, I have found from my own personal experience in working with other couples, it's very helpful to have a male expert in the room if you're trying to get to the next level in a relationship with a man. <laughs> Check me out on all the social media platforms. That's Dr. Sanjaya, D-R-S-O-N-J-I-A on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn. Come on, you know you want to link up. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into Sex in South Beach, where everybody comes for happier, healthier sex. Have you tried Sense Aromatherapy Body Oil? This organic moisturizer hydrates skin, smells amazing, and attracts romantic attention. Plus, Sense naturally stops mosquitoes from biting your beautiful body. Because being eaten should feel good. Smell good, feel good. With Sense Aromatherapy Body Oil, get yours on Amazon or SenseBodyOil.com. S E N S E BodyOil.com.